Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Greetings, friends. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter and co-host of our Happy Hour podcast. I really hope everyone is doing well sheltering in place. And on behalf of all of us at the Three Tomatoes, I want to thank you, especially now for taking time to tune in and listen to our podcast. Don't forget to listen to the past ones. But today, this is really fun. My guest is Ted Demaison, and he's created this really unique class and I guess more than a class because he's also written a book about it and it combines mindfulness and improvisation. And those of you who know me or who've been listening to me know that I love improv. I love improv and I'm all about yoga and meditation as well. So I was fascinated when I found Ted and his program, his uh, class, his book is called Playful Mindfulness. And he currently teaches his class at Stanford's Continuing Studies program. He hosts, his, he hosts his own podcast, and he's um, an amazing teacher, which he has been teaching for a long time in a variety of different areas. So let's uh, welcome Ted and find out more about him. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Kim. It's wonderful to be with you and with your listeners. It's, uh, it's a crazy time, but it's a nice time to be connecting with people in alternative ways. Exactly. And I think that what you do is actually, and your book, it could be really helpful for everybody at this time and what we're all going through. But, you know, before we started, just, just so people know, you, you have a graduate degree in business from Stanford and a graduate degree from Harvard Divinity School as well. So you, that is correct. You've really created quite the combination. Yes. Well, I am somebody who loves bridging different worlds together. And I've always felt myself a little bit of an outsider, like I didn't quite fit here. And then I didn't quite fit there, but I liked living in both worlds. And so I just was a, a bridge builder and a go-between and a shapeshifter of sorts. And so I knew I wanted to do business school. I knew I wanted to do divinity school. I was really interested in making world change and making internal change. And so those two went together naturally for me. And then after uh, coming out of that and teaching religious studies for 12 years at a private boarding school, I really got turned on to this combination of mindfulness and improvisation. And so now I'm bouncing between these two worlds and finding what can be done by combining them. So it's, it's, it's a passion of mine and, and I hope that it's helpful for other people too. Well, I think it is. How long have you been teaching the class in playful mindfulness? Uh, it's a great question. I think I've been doing it at Stanford for three or four years now, something to that to that effect. I, I started the class there before I started the book. Uh, the book was based on, more based on the podcast than on the class, actually. The podcast that I do with my buddy Lisa Rowland, she's a professional improviser in San Francisco, and, and we have a, a podcast called Monster Baby, 
a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. And so out of that podcast came the chapters of the book. And then I sort of realized, oh, wait a second. This is kind of the whole playful mindfulness thing. So they, they got merged a little bit and, and uh, things have been unfolding since then. Well, I love it. And I'm very happy that I was fortunate enough to find you through someone that I had taken a class at Stanford with, who I know was also your teacher, uh, Patricia Madsen, author mm -hmm. of Improv Wisdom, has been teaching at Stanford for years. Is she still teaching? She teaches through the Continuing Studies program. Yeah. When, when I was an under, undergrad a long time ago, yeah. she was my improv teacher. Well, I took her through the Continuing Studies program, mm -hmm. and I was fascinated by improv, and thus started my journey into improv about five years ago now. And uh, I really enjoyed your class. It really spoke to me because I love improv and I mm -hmm. love meditation and mindfulness. But what I noticed is the people that you were attracting in your class were people who were really more meditation and mindfully based, but really wanted to step out of their comfort zone. Is that, is that what you tend to see? That's a great question. You know, I tend to get a number of different kinds of people. Who, who show up for the class. One subset is the group that I think that you've described, folks who like have some experience with mindfulness, but have either petered out or lost their passion for it because it was too serious. Yeah. And so the notion of injecting some fun and some connected connection into it is sounds refreshing and it is refreshing for them. Another group that shows up often are sometimes folks who've wanted to try improv, but found it a little too uh, juvenile or waka waka for them. And they're like they're attracted to the idea of some depth to it. But more than those two, the, the most, the highest population numbers that show up are people, particularly women, who are at a time of transition in their lives, yeah. whose kids are leaving home, they're leaving a relationship, they're starting a new job, they're moving across country, or they've just moved to the country and they're facing all these options and they've got this feeling of chaos and <clears throat> multiple masters that they're serving. And it's like, how can I make sense of this and have a sense of adventure about what I'm facing and sort of be nimble and responsive and resourceful with all the things in front of me, as opposed to being reactive and getting pulled by my preferences or frustrations or whatever the thing is. Oh, that that really speaks to our audience too, Ted. Because cool. You know, so many of us, uh, we tend to reach people over a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I think so many women struggle with that after they come into their third act as That's well. That's right. That's right. And, and what, of course, struck me now, and I think that the universe aligned to bring us uh, together to create this podcast right now, is that I think your book is really valuable for the chaotic time in which we find ourselves as well. It's, it's both the improv and mindfulness communities that I'm a part of have been, <clears throat> excuse me, have been saying to each other as, as a support, this is the time that we've prepared for. We, we developed our practice. We learned how to hold our equanimity and our center and our compassion and our non-reactivity so that we can be present and hold the pain of the world and still act in a resourceful way. In the improv community, we've been preparing for this because people need to be resourceful and cooperative 
and playful and find new ideas and new solutions. And we don't know what is coming next. We can't know what's coming next. And so the question is, all right, what is our next choice? Let's do that and stay open and, re and remain ready. So it's a little bit, I think we're all still figuring out how do we offer what we have to offer without being profiteering, right? <laughs> I think everybody's trying to figure that out now. I think so too. And, and it's a tricky question. And it's like I, everybody's struggling financially. Well, not everybody. Most people are struggling financially. And if they're not yet, they're going to be soon. And, you know, so it's like, yeah, it, it, I think there's some question about maybe we shouldn't be charging what we were charging before. And people who teach meditation and teach improvisation need to make money too. So like, right. how do you do it? And, and if we're providing something of value, then that's something of value. So, so it's, an it's an interesting time, but I think you're right that the skills and the, and the methods and the approaches of both, especially when combined, are super, super valuable for a time like this. Well, so, you know, for people who don't know who listen to this, I mean, one of the first rules of improv is always say yes, but I, and then you, you have mindfulness. I really would love to hear a little bit about your take on, on the combination of the two and how you feel they work together. If you can sort of give us just a little, mm -hmm. a little taste from your book, maybe that would, would help people. I mean, I think being able to step into a situation you learn that through improv. You learn to react mm -hmm. to that situation mm -hmm. and roll with it. And I think in mindfulness, you learn to react, but not in such a you know bold way. Right. Uh, you're you're wearing it more. You're observing. I don't know. Can you just share a little bit about the yeah. maybe some of the principles or practices that you feel best merge these two modalities? Sure. And make help me remember to if you would to come back to this example of yes and, because it's an okay. interesting interesting one to explore. Okay. But so there are some places where they go together beautifully and they're singing the same tune. So learning to be fully present in the moment, right? How can I be here, not caught in the past, not caught in the future, really present with what's happening now so that it gets my full attention and my full resourcefulness. That's one way that they're aligned. They're also aligned in the notion of a kind of compassionate approach to life. Make your partner look good, uh, serve the other. It's not about you, it's sort of reducing your own self-importance and playing for the team. And that um, both improvisation and mindfulness teach directly about the importance of interdependence mm -hmm. and to say, we're not alone, we can't be alone, we're doing this together, we're creating this together. And so uh, what happens if we let go of that ego and that need for an identity and me, 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 ego gratification and sort of loosen that importance and just step into a collective intelligence, great things can happen, right? So that's two ways that they're really closely aligned, being in the present moment, playing with interdependence. But they also have some places where they're in, in tension with each other because improv says, trust your gut, go with the spontaneous, let things through, sort of get the filter out of the way. And mindfulness says, well, actually, let's pause for a moment, because oftentimes those first reactions are 
neurally patterned unhealthy reactions that are over emotional or are vindictive or operating on assumptions or perceptions, mindsets that we have that we actually need to clear out and get the cobwebs out of the way so we can see what's really true. And so there's this really neat paradox between the two, like what does it mean to follow your instinct and pause? And the better you get at doing that, the more it looks like you're doing both at the same time and you're just following your impulses. But a really experienced mindfulness practitioner has done a quick scan of like, does this check out? Have I taken a breath? Good. Now I'm going to step in. Yeah, right. that, that but, makes sense. I like the way you describe it. I mean, I, I was able to experience, but I, I don't think that I could have described it that way. And what I found, and I, I said this to you, is that I loved your class so much because it wasn't about, it's all about me, me, me. You know, you don't get the theatrical kind of people like myself, mm -hmm. but you mm -hmm. don't get a whole room full of those people wanting center stage. That's right. And, and I, I really appreciate that about the way the mindfulness combines with the improv and the ability to learn to step outside of your comfort zone but think while you're doing it almost Does that make yeah sense? well right and it's a uh, um if we say think while you're doing it it's it's not like think like uh, evaluate judge compare right. it's more like allowing thinking to emerge naturally right because that we do have thoughts naturally and the the cleaner that we can get the channel the more they arise naturally and some would argue that i'm putting this in quotation marks for your listeners the, the better the ideas are yeah right because they're they're more useful they're more creative they're more insightful right 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 um, I, so can I come back to that yes yeah, and example? Yeah. I was just going to say yes. Okay, so great. We're on the same page. So, uh, well, you're right. One of the lead principles in improvisation is this idea of yes and. And sometimes it gets oversimplified to you have to say yes to everything. It doesn't literally mean you have to say yes. What it means is you're saying yes to the reality that has been created. So if you come on stage and you say, doctor, here are the charts. You have created a reality that I'm a doctor. And so saying yes to that situation would, would mean I would say, uh, thank you, nurse. I really appreciate it. Let's take a look, right? I've, I've accepted that reality and I've built on it. The, the yes to the reality and is the and is. But you can literally say no if you are saying yes to the reality. Right, got it, got it. So for um, if I uh, knock on a door and I say, uh, let me in, let me in, you know, I'm going to blow your house down. And I'm a little pig inside the house. I could say, no, I'm not going to let you into my house. You know, you're going to come, right? Like I'm saying yes to the situation, but the character needed to say no. Right. So it's not a literal yes. So having said that, Improvisation does say, say yes to the reality that has happened, accept that it has happened, and choose what comes next. Build on it. And mindfulness does the same thing. It asks us to look at what is really true, not what we want to be true, not what we wish were still true, but it's like, okay, this situation has changed. I don't have to like it, but I can accept that it has changed. Because if I fight reality, I'm going to lose. I just... 
reality is what it is. It has happened. This, this thing has happened. I can now work to counteract it in some way, but it has happened. And so it's a real antidote to denial and, and mindfulness finds a peace in the acceptance of what is true. Right. And so in that way, when we can quiet down, notice what we're resisting, soften around it and say, Oh, actually, you know what? I am really anxious right now and stop fighting it. Then it sort of quiets down a little bit. I've said yes to that reality. Okay. And now what comes next? I'm feeling anxious. Okay. What's my choice now? I don't have to resist it so much. So that's one way that, you know, you take this improv principle, you bring it into the mindfulness world and it, it shows up in a different way. Yeah. That re that makes total sense. It's choosing, it's choosing yes. to make a, a change, not based on trying to be funny or, you know, um, theatrical, but mm -hmm. for real life for making exactly. a change to lose anxiety, to lose fear, whatever it, whatever it is that's coming up for you at mm -hmm. the moment, mm -hmm. right? Precisely. Well, I think that, uh, are there, so, okay, well, a couple of different things. I noticed that BATS, Bay Area Theater Sports, it's an improv group in San Francisco that, and uh, they do performances for people who don't know. I noticed they were trying to do something online and I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. Is there a way for you to transfer your training, you know, virtually? <laughs> Great question. Well, side note, Bats Improv is doing online shows now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week. It's it's currently Thursday, March 26th. Those shows are free and donations are welcome, but uh, doing that at eight o'clock Pacific time. If you go to improv.org, you can get more information on that. Um, and we're sort of all figuring that out together. Uh, I am in the process of figuring out how to offer my class online. I'm doing a class called The Right to Speak, Finding and Freeing Your Natural Voice through Stanford Continuing Studies that starts on April 1st. Not fooling, it really does. <laughs> um, and I think I'm also going to be offering a version of my Intro to Playful Mindfulness class in the spring shortly. And I need to pull that together and figure out dates. And, but I'm pretty sure that's going to happen shortly. Well, is your class going to be supposedly live? At it'll be live, but it'll be virtual. But it will be virtual, the one that starts on April Fool's Day? That's correct. Oh, that's great. That's so people could find out about that through Stanford Continuing Ed. Continuing correct? Studies, yep. Yeah, Continuing yep. Studies, right. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, it's going to be really tricky because it's, it's normally a voice class where I'm doing exercises with a group in a room and we're using spatial relationship and I'm leading, you know, me, me, ma, mo, mu, and people right. are sounding out and I'm listening to their voices and I'm... I don't know how it's going to go through. Well, we can only room, try to find out. Yeah, we can only try. Okay, so I have another um, question, and you have a, a little glossary of some uh, improv games in your book, and you know yes. a host of improv games. Can you think of one or two that people might be able to employ with their families at this time mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. might really help them? in whatever it's their mindfulness or their improv or just to have fun. Can, can we, maybe we could do a little game, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and show people or something. Sure. Show. sure. Listen. Uh, yeah. one, of my, one of my favorites is a game called convergence. <laughs> and, and so, you know, convergence, right? Yes, so, yeah, yeah. So the point of convergence is that we're trying to get both of us to say the same word at the same time. And we start with 
bookend words, we could call them. Uh, one of us comes up with a random word, the other person comes up with a random word. And the way it works is, it's a little bit tricky because we're doing this over Zoom, but we'll do our best. Right. One of us, if we have a word, doesn't say the word yet, just says one to signal that we have the word. And the other person okay. says two, and then we'll look at each other and we'll count to three and then we'll say our word at the same time okay. to see if we've in fact said the same word. Right. So, so okay. let's try it. When you have a word. Okay. And so people listening, just so you know what the goal is so that we end up saying the same word and you'll kind of see how it goes as we start. Who knows if we will converge, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun. We'll okay. find out. All right. So uh, I've got a, I've got a word. So one, two. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Tree watermelon. House. All right. So we said watermelon and treehouse. Okay. So now those are our two words, and we're trying to find a word that somehow combines watermelon and treehouse that sits in the center of them, links them, whatever. Okay. So when okay. you have that word, you'll say one, or I'll say one. The other okay. Say two. So I'm going to say one. All right. Two. Here we go. One, One, two, two three, three, Hawaii. Garden. Garden and Hawaii. Okay. So now garden and Hawaii are our two words. And we forget watermelon treehouse. In fact, we can't say them. Okay. So we've got garden and Hawaii. So one. Two. One, One two, three, pineapple. Palm tree. Oh. <laughs> so close. Pineapple and palm tree. All right, here we go. Okay. One. Two. One, One two, two, three. three. Pina colada. Coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so close. We got the coconut, the pineapple, and then it combined to our pina colada. <laughs> so now we've got coconut and pina colada. Oh my gosh. Okay. One. Two. One, two, three, umbrella. <laughs> umbrella and cocktail. <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh, we're getting there. Okay, <laughs> we're having a good time. I don't know about you listeners. But <laughs> I, I, I bet they will. I bet they are because they're probably playing along. Okay. So we've got umbrella and cocktail. Let's do a, at least a couple more and then we'll call uh, it. Yeah. So one. Two. One, one two, two, three. Bar. Bartender. Ooh, bar oh, and bartender. That's close. I think I think that's probably it. So normally I would, if I were playing with my stickler rules, I'd say, no, we keep going. But that's a, that's a great example of like, we're right there. It's right there. And we might keep playing and like diverge and go way off in the distance again and then eventually come back. But the feeling of getting it when you get it is so great. And when you're playing with a group, whoever is jumping in with a one, the two, and then you turn and face each other and you count to three and on the fourth beat, you say the word at the same time. When you say, when you actually get there, it's, it's just a total delight. It's a, it's a great family game. And yeah. so explain to us, what, what does that um, give us? What, what qualities or skills does that enhance? Great question. Um, and if I were, if we were doing this in my class and you asked that question, I would say, you tell me exactly <laughs> right um well i mean i i mean the number one thing that comes to mind is connection 
for me. It's looking Love and it. listening, which I know are very important skills that we develop when we are in improv and in playful mindfulness as well. Yep. But what else is there? That well, so there's the, there's that delight. I think that there's a, um, there's a trust in like a faith in the meandering of the game. Right. And so you start to have fun with a process and you loosen up on like, Oh, we have to get the right answer. And you're like, actually, we're getting close. We're getting close. And then we're moving far apart. And then we're getting close and <laughs> we move far apart. And the whole thing can be really fun. And it's sort of, for me, it develops a curiosity, which is one of the primary attitudes of both improvisation and mindfulness. Um, and, that, and that kind of patience with allowing the unfolding to happen and trusting it as it moves along, you know? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Is there any other quick game? We're getting near the end of our uh, time together, but uh, any other thing you can think of or that you might want to share with someone, a thought, uh, someone, someone's who are listening, thoughts about how, I don't know, can you just like give us some incredible words of wisdom to help us through this time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why, of course. Let me put on my incredibly wise hat. The Dalai, the Dalai Lama, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think the thing that's been coming up for me the most is something I, I said earlier, I think, which is just, we just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And so I'll combine, because I know we said that way back at the beginning, and, and I just talked about curiosity being a, a key component of both mindfulness and, and improv. And one of my teachers told me recently or suggested recently that anytime that we notice our fear is kicking up that we can turn that fear into curiosity mm. and so it doesn't mean that you dis you're dismissing or denying the fear so for example i'm pretty freaked out by what's happening in new york right now mm -hmm. and in louisiana and lots of other places too but those two in particular right and so I can notice my anxiety start to build about that. And like those situations are just going to get terrible. And I sort of start to ruminate and imagine all the horrible things that can happen. And if I shift that to curiosity instead, and I say, I wonder how this is going to turn out. I wonder how we're going to respond. I wonder what kind of creative responses we can come up with. Yeah. I wonder what I can do, if anything. I wonder what they need. I, I wonder if we'll be able to recover, right? Even, even acknowledging that there might not be a positive outcome, it, it just changes the mood and the biochemistry that's happening in the moment of consideration. And so it becomes an inquiry rather than a rumination. Oh, that's wonderful. Once yeah. you start, it seems to me, once you start being curious about something, it does, it changes your entire mindset. Instead mm -hmm. of being fear-based, right? Mm -hmm. It does mm -hmm. something to the brain. That's right. And, and I like that, especially I like the part where you said, what can I do to help? Because once we take things, the onus off of ourselves, the fear off of ourselves and give to others or do something nice for others or play with others, whatever it is, then our mindset changes and I can feel my entire body relax too. Mm -hmm. I had, I mean, you know, <laughs> words of wisdom. If you have the opportunity to talk to a therapist or talk to a counselor, do it because we've just got so many feelings getting stirred now. 
And I spoke with my therapist today and in that conversation, I realized all the feelings I was having about my friends who were in healthcare and how much I love them and admire them and appreciate them and feel for them what they're going through and how they didn't sign up for the frontline work they're doing now. And I thought, yeah, what can I do to help? And so I'm actually, you know, when we get off this call, I'm going to send a note to a handful of them and say, think about putting together a playful mindfulness kind of respite for you all. Is that something that would be helpful? And if not, what would be helpful? Um, So that I can feel like I'm helping people who are helping in the real mess of things, that I'm making a direct contribution that comes out of my skills and my abilities. And I don't have to be stuck at home just feeling bad about it. And helpless. That's wonderful. I think, I think that's a really great message, which really uh, springs true is how can we use our gifts Mm -hmm. best Mm -hmm. to serve others at this time? Right. My gift is talking. I'm hoping that this will lighten people's (laughs) lives. (laughs) You're really good at it, Kim. You're really good at it. I, my teachers from the time I was very young said I was very good at talking too in class and perhaps I should not be talking so much, but anyway, (laughs) That's okay. great. You get your own podcast. You can talk all you want. Exactly. I don't think anybody, it's very nice to hear my voice broken up with someone else's. Fair enough. Uh, so Ted, I thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. My and pleasure. I encourage people because I think this book is delightful, playful mm. mindfulness. And you have a website that you. Yeah, it's, it, it's playfulmindfulness.info. Okay. Playfulmindfulness.info. So if you go there, you'll, you'll see the book and, and you can order the audiobook or the ebook or the paperback or hardcover. Um, and if you are looking for workshops uh, and such, you can go to animalearning.com. So A, Anna as a Nancy, I, M as a Mary, A, animalearning.com. That's great. And, uh, well, I, I believe, this is, I'm a big believer in online books and Kindles, but this, I love my paperback because I have it dog-eared. I have it underlined. Mm-hmm. I have notes. This is the kind of book that you will want to keep and play with yourself. And, mm-hmm. and I just love it. I, I would like to encourage everyone to play with your families, play mindfully and yeah. uh, through this, through this time. It, it's a real, it's a real time for possibility of a different kind of connection than we've known before. And I hope everybody takes advantage of it and, uh, and stays healthy and stays safe as well. Me too. Well, thank you for connecting with us today, Ted. And listeners, I hope you enjoy this and tell your friends about it. Thanks and so much, Kim. Thanks, Ted.